Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us today is the gospel lesson read previously. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, there is a professor at Concordia Seminary, now retired, who taught preaching for approximately four decades, Francis Rossau. And he is the originator of a statement that is particularly appropriate on Trinity Sunday. That statement, what we know about God is precious little, but the little that we know is precious. Indeed it is on this Trinity Sunday, perhaps more than any other Sunday on the church year calendar, that we have to acknowledge how little we actually know about God compared to all that there must be to know about Him. In fact, we only know those things that He has chosen to reveal to us concerning Himself. And even a good bit of that we cannot comprehend or understand. For example, right after this sermon, we're going to confess the truth of the Athanasian Creed. And we're going to say, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, and yet there are not three gods, but one God. We're going to confess that the Father is eternal, the Son is eternal, and the Holy Spirit is eternal, and yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. We cannot comprehend or understand this. And yet, when you think about it, perhaps it's somewhat comforting that, we got, that God is a being that we cannot fully comprehend and understand. Perhaps it's reassuring to realize that God is a being so superior to us that we cannot begin to comprehend or understand him in all of his aspects. Today, instead of focusing on what we cannot comprehend and understand, I would suggest that our time would be better spent focusing on what we can comprehend and understand about God, that which is revealed to us in our gospel lesson for today from Jesus, the so-called Great Commission. And in so doing, we will indeed see that the little that we know is precious. First, how precious to know that God is a God of love and compassion who wants all people to be saved. Jesus says to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, or all peoples. God shows no partiality when it comes to salvation. He wants all to be saved and none to be excluded, not on the basis of race, or age, or gender, or any other factor. He wants all to be saved. And we cannot pass by the fact that disciples must be made. We are not conceived and born as disciples of Jesus Christ. In fact, just the opposite. We are conceived and born facing away from God and moving away from God as a result of the disobedience of our original parents in the Garden of Eden. 
Here's how Paul describes the situation in Romans chapter 3. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks God. But how precious that God uses his own means in order to make his own disciples. Jesus says to his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Now, although we bring our children to baptism, and although the pastor is ordinarily the one applying the water and pronouncing and speaking the word of God, baptism is not our work. Baptism is not something that we do. Baptism is God's doing. It is his work. He is at work in the water and word of baptism to create saving faith, to wash away all sin, to make that baptized person one of his children, and to make that person an heir of everlasting life. Just as his word brought life in the creation of the world, so also his word brings life, abundant and eternal life in the water and the word of holy baptism. But what are we baptized in or into? Jesus tells his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. To be baptized in or into the name of the triune God is to be baptized into all that each of the three persons has accomplished for you. It's to be on the receiving end of what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit has accomplished for you. How precious to be baptized into the name of the Father, the one who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, as we heard in our first lesson for today, the one who brought from nothing everything that we see in the created order around us, the one who is the giver of life, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, as David describes it in Psalm 139. And he is not only the giver of life, he is the sustainer of all life, daily and richly providing all that we need to support this body and life. Everything that we have and think of as ours and speak of as ours are actually gifts from the hand of our gracious God. And how precious to be baptized into the name of the Son, our Redeemer, the one who was sent from the Father to accomplish and do the will of the Father, the one who, unlike the Father and the Spirit, is both God and man. At the same time, simultaneously, 100% God and 100% man, except without sin. He is 100% God, so that he can perfectly keep all of God's law. 
Do not think that I have come to do away with the law, Christ said. I have come to fulfill it. And that's exactly what he did, perfectly and in our place. He had to be 100% man so that he could take our place under the law and die, as he did, voluntarily and willingly on the cross because of his great love for you and for all people. Greater love has this than no, no one has greater love than this, Christ said, than he would lay down his life for his friends. And how precious that we are baptized into the name of the Holy Spirit, the one who calls us to faith, the one who through the word of God makes us Christians. When you stop and think about it, if it were not for the work of the Holy Spirit, everything that Christ accomplished for us in his life, his death, and his resurrection would be meaningless. It would be valueless for us because we could not believe it. We could not come to faith on our own without the work of the Holy Spirit. Remember how Martin Luther puts it? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified, and kept me in the true faith. It is the Holy Spirit who calls us to faith and keeps us in that same faith. Baptized into the name of the triune God, you are now completely righteous in the sight of God. In fact, you appear, appear before him clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness. And that's why we have the carving of a robe on the side of our baptismal font here. And I have purposely turned the baptismal font so that you can see that robe as you come up to receive the Lord's Supper and be reminded of the righteousness that is now yours by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And baptized into the name of the triune God, you now have numerous brothers and sisters in Christ, your faith family, especially here at St. Paul's, people who will pray for you and with you, people who will give you a word of comfort or a word of encouragement during difficult times. In fact, in today's Good News Bulletin insert, you'll see an example of precisely that, as one of our members gives thanks for the encouragement and support she received from her faith family here at St. Paul's during a difficult time. How precious it is to see this going on day in and day out in numerous times and in numerous cases right here at St. Paul's. And baptized into the name of the triune God, you have everlasting life in the presence of God out there before you with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. And no one can take that from you. How precious that is. And Jesus goes on to say that something needs to be added to this baptism in the making of disciples. He says, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. How important and how essential that teaching is. And that's why it's so wonderful 
to see how many of you are involved in the study of God's Word in Bible class, both here on Sunday or during the week. That's why it's so wonderful to see the vast and dramatic increase in our enrollment in our school, in our early childhood center, and in our Parents' Day Out program. That's why it's wonderful to see how many children are registered and are attending our summer camp this year. And that's why it's wonderful to see that we have 350 children registered for Vacation Bible School starting tomorrow. It's in all of these venues and in all of these places that the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God, not just to increase knowledge and understanding of that Word, which is, is good in and of itself, but to strengthen faith, to pull us closer to Him as we walk through this life on the path to eternal life in His presence. And finally, how precious it is that this God does not abandon us or leave us on our own. Jesus comforts the disciples and comforts us in saying, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's this gracious God who has been walking with you every step of the way since your baptism. It is this gracious God who walks with you step by step presently. And the realization of that should move you to be calm, not worried, not anxious, no matter what your circumstance is. And although none of us knows what will happen to us in the future, he does. And he will walk with us each and every step of that way. How precious indeed. I hope that by now you're starting to perceive a precious pattern Namely, that all persons of the triune God deal exclusively with you from a stance of love and compassion. That all three persons of the triune God only want your well-being, your eternal well-being, as their highest priority. And that all three persons of the triune God want to spend eternity with you. Professor Rossow was correct. What we know about God is precious little, but the little that we know is precious. Amen.